Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, a CME podcast series where each week we translate today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. I'm Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Medical School and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult series. Be sure to visit primed.com podcast after the discussion for more information about today's article and to claim CME-CE credit. Harry is an active 82-year-old in your practice, and he has a history of hypertension, hyperlipidemia, and osteoarthritis. You note on his med list that he's on two antihypertensives among his other meds, giving him a total of eight prescribed medications plus four he uses from the -the over-the-counter world. During the visit, Harry mentions that his health insurance will be changing And although he feels well, he's interested in possibly coming off some of the medications he takes all the time. Hi, this is Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Medical School. And joining me today to discuss deprescribing in the senior population is Dr. Jill Terrian. Jill's an associate professor and the director of the Nurse Practitioner Program here at the University of Massachusetts Medical School's Graduate School of Nursing. Welcome, Jill. Thank you, Frank. Well, this is a great topic. I think we all worry that uh, we're adding meds and meds and meds to our patients constantly and never really thinking about how to stop. Can you talk to us a little bit about how primary care providers can incorporate deprescribing with their older patients? Absolutely. So primary care providers are in, you know, they're really in a great role to give that holistic look at their patients. And so today we're talking about deprescribing. Less, less can be better, especially for our older patients. And so what I did is I, I saw an interesting study that was done. It was based on Medicare beneficiaries, and they wanted to know, really they were seeking, you know, who, how do we, what are the attitudes of older adults in actually taking medications away, you know, so decreasing the number of medications they're taking. And so that's what this is all, you know, kind of based on today. And so how can we do this? So... We have Harry coming in today, and he's asking, all right? So the communication is open. So it's an, an open door into the discussion. Um, but it can come in many different ways. So first of all, it's that critical review of what the patients are on. And I think that one of the strategies that people have used over the time is, Harry, bring your bag of medications with you, the Pretty brown idea. bag method, mm-hmm. right? So if you have you know, you know, your older folks and they do go to other people beside you. Many times they have specialists, and sometimes they are not linked to your system. So the brown bag method of having them bring in everything that they're taking every day is a really great way to kind of find out what they're doing. So first of all, you asked, how do we do this? It's the conversation, the communication with the patient, looking at what they're on, and then you know, saying, um, okay, Harry's on two antihypertensives. Does he really need two? So first of all, like I said, it's the open communication. Okay, great. You mentioned that he's on two antihypertensives. Can you give me some examples of medications in seniors that we should reconsider, possibly start uh, maybe taking them off, and, and, and the rationale for that? Absolutely. So one category, um, statins and possibly fibrates. You know, um, can we, do they need them after the age of 80? There is data out there that doesn't really you know, show benefit to keeping people on statins. Um, so the other side of that, though, Frank, is so the patient says to you, Dr. Domino, I've been on this medication for 25 years. 
and you know I'm in pretty good health what's going to happen if I stop it so you asked me to give you an example so let's go along the statin line all right so we've been looking at the patient's lab values right um, and Harry is active and you can say okay let's just say Harry's on 20 milligrams of atorvastatin mm -hmm. and you say okay Harry let's cut that in half let's you know taper it let's watch what happens over the next six months and then we can possibly take you off of it so that's one way is to taper and review over time okay um what about his blood pressure meds um i mean we know that um one of the common complications of treating hypertension in the elderly is we get them too low and they get syncopal or so forth would you consider maybe cutting him down to one and and uh, seeing how he does with that absolutely so talk to him about his, you know, 24-hour cycle in a day. So, you know, we, we have Harry, our patient, you know, what are the antihypertensives? Are they, you know, is it a, an ACE inhibitor and, you know, a diuretic? Is he maybe getting up to the bathroom at night and that's a problem? So it's kind of looking at what are his values? What's mm -hmm. his blood pressure in the office? Does he do any home monitoring? And what does his blood pressure look like? And is he having any symptoms of, you know, feeling a little lightheaded? Um, or things like that, but that's definitely something you could do, or you could, again, stop one of the meds, or cut it in half, and then monitor it the next three-month visit, if that's what you decided was important. So let me ask you a question. I was faced with this with a patient not that long ago, and I thought, gee, if I stop that medicine, what if something bad happens? Am I going to get sued over it? Any thoughts on, on, on our risks by deprescribing? How do we do that safely and effectively? Great question. So there's two thoughts on this. First of all, we have Harry asking you the question, but what if you're looking at the list and you say, this is a lot, what, what, what can we do differently here? Um, I think you have to look at what is the length of time they were on it and what's a safe way to stop it. So I think there needs to be consideration in that so that it is safe. There's been no data out that has shown that there are adverse events from deprescribing. And that is in uh, one of the papers we have on the website for this episode by McGrath that addresses that point exactly. I think, I think you're absolutely right. We can, we can document that the patient brought up the question, you have a concern about drug-drug interactions, and that you're worried that the b possible benefit is much smaller than the risk it's posing to their liver, their kidneys, or, their over, or the possibility of a syncopal event. And I think as long as we document that, um, as well as the patient's willingness I think we're probably operating in the right world. I am a little concerned that he's taking um, a variety of over-the-counter agents. What should we be doing about that? Well, first of all, you have to know what they are. And in some patients, they think if they're over-the-counter, they don't have to report that because it's not prescribed so much by you. So it's asking that question. Are you taking anything that's over-the-counter that's not prescribed? Are you taking anything herbs or anything like that, because that all goes into the profile and Absolutely. helps you make your decision. There are a couple of different quick points I want to make. Um, what some of the literature showed was that the patient barriers include a fear of their condition worsening if you change, if you deprescribe. And the other piece is the hope of the future response, which I really found interesting. And for our patients that are on Dinazepil, and you know, if you stop it, is their condition going to worsen, their dementia, and that's a fear. So that's a real patient barrier sometimes. And then there's provider barriers, contradicting a specialist recommendations. So how do you get around that? You might want to have a conversation with a specialist 
and say, I had Harry in my office today. This is what I'm thinking. What do you think? So it's a, a shared decision-making not only with the patient but also with the other providers that they see. The other big barriers for providers are lack of time at the visit. I mean, we all know that we're under a lot of pressure. And then the worry about discussing life expectancy and what it means to the patient. Again, another very time-consuming but very important point to take up with your patients. Absolutely. No, I think uh, it's probably one of the most important points. And uh, I love the fact that I can do a wellness visit with my Medicare beneficiaries and focus exactly on what they want uh, with regard to their future plans. Any final thoughts? Yeah, one more example, which is a common scenario. So it can be Harry, it can be somebody else. They fall, they're taken to the emergency room, their blood pressure's low, the recommendations when they leave, don't take your blood pressure medicine, and now Harry's been off his blood pressure medicine for five days, he's seeing you at that visit, do you restart it? And what do you do? So it's a common scenario. Yeah, you know? it, really, it really is. Jill, this is great. Um, I, I think deprescribing is something as our as our population ages is going to be a, a greater and greater focus for our patients and, and for ourselves. And I think it's totally worth the time it'll take for us to help patients live longer and better. Thanks so much. Thank you, Frank. Practice pointer. Less is better when it comes to prescribing for senior citizens. Take the time at each visit to review their med list, both their prescription and over-the-counter agents, and think about what you could possibly suggest that might be worth stopping. Join us next time when we discuss issues of sexuality and intimacy in our aging population and those with cognitive decline. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. To claim credit and receive additional information about the article referenced in today's episode, visit primed.com slash podcast and see you next week.